Right, so we're in Genesis chapter 31, and uh, just a little reminder of where we left off last week. Last week, we kind of saw how Jacob basically uh, cheated his father-in-law out of his livestock. And a lot of what I'm going to say about this chapter and everything, and even the last chapter, a lot of it's like my opinion as far as what these people were thinking, whether what they said was true or wasn't true. Because understand, when we're reading this story, the Bible is just telling us what happened. It doesn't necessarily, in this passage, tell us who is right, who is wrong, things like that. It doesn't really do that. It just lays out the facts of exactly what happened. And I tend to think that we see some lying going on here from Jacob. That, that's just my personal opinion. Either way, you say, well, you're saying the Bible is wrong? No, I'm saying I just think Jacob was lying. The Bible's just telling us what Jacob said. And it doesn't tell us when these things happened. But I do, I think Jacob did some pretty crooked stuff here. But I also know that Laban did some pretty crooked stuff too. Wasn't that a dirty trick that Laban pulled with Leah? I mean, that was, that was a pretty dirty trick right there. And so I'm, I'm sure there's some hard feelings between these guys, of course. And so Laban ends up kind of getting ripped off right back. And what we're going to basically see here in this story are two crooks basically parting ways. And this is where, uh, you know, again, we've been seeing, you know, the children of Israel, their history, where they went, where they stayed, uh, how they grew. Uh, and we've been seeing a lot of examples of people parting ways like we did with Abraham and Lot. And so now for 20 years, we've had Laban and Jacob together, and they're about to part ways. And so as we look at the story, too, I want to just point out a few principles, too, that I hope we can learn from when it comes to parting ways. Because sometimes we, have to, we need to part ways with people. Sometimes we have people that maybe leave our church. And we need to part ways with them. And or maybe people that we fellowship with as a church, we part ways with them. Uh, maybe friends, pe people that are in your life. Sometimes you just have to part ways with people. And there's a right way to do things and there's a wrong way to do things. And I think we can learn some things from this story. But something I want to point out, though, that we're going to point out a lot over the next several weeks. Something that's very important that you understand when looking at these stories. And we see just a lot of bad stuff with these characters. And it's because and that is the fact that Jacob and his family were very base people in many ways. If you and I were to meet them, we would be like, these are pretty sorry folks. They were not real good, clean, moral people. They had some major issues and we're gonna see that. But at the same time when we read these stories, we you know, we tend to think of them as just these great, wonderful people because they're like famous people in the Bible. So obviously these are holy people, right? But not really. They, they weren't really very holy at all, but they were people like Jacob and the children of Israel. They were the chosen of God, though. Now, this is an important concept. I could preach a message on this right here, but let me just kind of give you a short version of it. Jacob and the 12 sons, they were people who God had chosen. And so these, but and I think it's interesting that these people had major, major flaws in their life. Now, but yet God loved them. Why? Because of his promise to Abraham. It was really because of Abraham, because of his promise to him. And so as long as they were of faith, they were saved. And you know what? That's a reminder of that all that it really matters when it comes to our salvation and being chosen of God is that we have faith. Not that we're moral. Not that we're good people, even though it's a big plus if we can do those things. And because, folks... If Jacob and his sons were saved, then, I mean, if it's about works, then just about anybody's saved. But it's not about works. 
It's about faith. And so we see some very dark things from a lot of these characters in the Old Testament. We're going to see a lot of dark things with these characters just in the book of Genesis. Why? Because man is sinful. And one of the reasons they were so bad is God's law had not been given yet. And you know one thing we learn from the book of Genesis is that without the law, man is basically an animal, if not worse, many times. It's pretty horrible what man can do. And when we think that these were really the best the world had to offer at that time, and we see some of the horrible stories we do, it's like, you know, they were pretty bad. You know why? Because they didn't have the law yet. That law is important. It helps us. It's good. And, uh, but this is what we are without the law. So that's, you know, that's another subject for another day. But we're going to be reminded of that as we go through these next several chapters. And so they are proof that man needs the holy law of God. So Genesis 31, let's start reading in verse 1. says, And he heard the words of Laban's sons saying, and this is after, you know, in the last chapter we've been seeing how Laban's cattle are all feeble because of some of Jacob's shenanigans that's going on. And so obviously, uh, the Laban's men who took care of these animals and his sons noticed, hey, something's really wrong here. Something's going on here. So they start talking about it. He says, Jacob hath taken away all that was our father's, and of that which was our father's hath he gotten all this glory. And Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban, and behold, it was not toward him as before. So Jacob, during these six years, is becoming very rich. He's becoming very powerful. And of course, all the credit, you know, has to go to Laban, right? That's what all of Laban's sons are saying. He's gotten all this glory, you know, because he's been helping Laban, even though Laban admitted that, hey, I'm where I'm at today because of you. He said, God's blessed me because of you, Jacob. But now Laban's sons, they've kind of like changed, you know, the narrative a little bit. And they start saying, you know, no, Jacob got all this glory from Laban. And so Laban starts believing this now, and he starts having hard feelings towards Jacob, and it says his countenance was not towards him as it was before. And you know what? It's not hard to know when people have a problem with you. You know why? Because we can all fake a smile, but you know what you can't do? You can't fake your countenance. You can't do it. You know, the countenance, it is literally the windows into your heart. And I don't know how to explain all that stuff. No, I don't think any of us in here know how to articulate what people do and how that works exactly. But you know what? We all instinctively know it when we see it, don't we? We just know that. I mean, husbands, you especially know it with your wife, don't you? You know when you come walking in the house and she's mad before she's even said a word. You know, how, how do you know? It's the countenance. And uh, my, my wife, my wife's face, she does. I, I can't tell you scientifically that she does this. When I see that face, I, I hide. You know, that's what you kind of have to do in that situation. She's not saying anything. But, you know, it's like the calm before the storm. And so we, we all know that, all right? Anybody, you live with anybody for any length of time, you know that stuff. And, you know, and you ask, well, what's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's what you said with your mouth, but your face is telling me something different. Hey, this is, this is just human nature. We all, you all know what I'm talking about. And so that's exactly what's going on with Jacob and Laban here. Jacob's looking at Laban, and Laban's smiling, but he's not smiling. You know, it's, it's fake. It's not the real thing. So he knows that something's up. And in verse 3, And the Lord said unto Jacob, Return unto the land of thy fathers and thy kindred, and I will be with thee. So it's time for these two to part ways, okay? You know, some people just aren't meant to be close. You know, these guys were both 
uh, powerful people. And you know what? They were both crooks. And they were kind of getting in on each other's territory. It was time for them to part, part ways. And so God tells them it's time for you to go. And you know, whenever people part ways, it's not always a case of one was good and one was bad. Sometimes people just aren't compatible. Sometimes both people are bad. You know, most of the time when there's conflict between people, both people are at fault. That's just a fact. That's just the way it is. Usually, both people were at fault. And so when people want to break fellowship, you know, we shouldn't be like that crazy ex-girlfriend. We should leave them alone. Sometimes you just need to do it. You know, and one thing I see a lot that, uh, you know, like, for example, in the new IFB world, when people want to, like, break fellowship, how everybody wants to keep spying on them. And then all of a sudden start exposing everything they do. It's like, you know what? Why don't we just leave them alone? How about that? It's one thing if they're attacking us constantly. You know, if we're just constantly getting attacked by these people, well, then you can, you can answer. But when they're just not doing anything, how about we just leave them alone? Stalker, crazy ex-girlfriend. You got all these people, too, that they, it's like it's their mission in life. I saw somebody did a thing one time that was like, you know, it's my goal to make sure I leave a thumbs down on every one of their videos. You know, hey, how about you just leave them alone? How about you just let them go on their way? You wonder why people say the new IFB is a cult? Maybe it's because of all the weirdos that won't leave people alone when they want to get away. You know, let them get away. Church, ought, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Church ought, ought to be easy to get into, but it ought to be easier to get out. It ought to be real easy to get out. And you know, when people come to this church, if they decide we don't want to be here anymore and they just want to leave and break fellowship, you know what? Let them leave. Let's not go attacking. Let's not go spying on. Let's not go find out where they went to church. And so we can like judge everything. That's just, that's wrong. That's weird. That's cultish. We shouldn't do that. We ought to leave people alone. Give them their space. And you know, the thing is too, this is another thing about, again, it's not always that they're wrong and we're right. Okay? Sometimes we we're both wrong. Sometimes we both did bad. And the truth is, since all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, since our Bible is full of stories and laws, it is not hard to take any church, any preacher, and to find something about them that we can preach against. It's not hard. And we need to just you need to learn to just lay off of people and leave them alone. And you know, and, the, and so there's some people too. You know, they break fellowship from a certain group, and then they want to preach against them for the next year. You know, how about you just leave? Okay. So I don't think we ought to go stalking. You know, like you don't want to be the crazy ex-girlfriend, but you don't want to be the crazy ex-boyfriend that's like you know standing outside the house and peeking in windows and you know doing all that kind of stuff too. You know, there's a lot of fall on both sides. But, you know, sometimes because we're people are just people, sometimes people just need to part ways. And that's what we're going to see happen here. But uh, notice what it says in verse 4. So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah to the field and to his flock. Instead of them, I see your father's countenance that it is not towards me as before. But the God of my father hath been with me. And you know that with all my power, I have served your father. And your father hath deceived me and changed my wages ten times. But God suffered him not to hurt me. If he said thus, the speckled shall be thy wages, then all the cattle bear speckled, 
And if said thus, the ring streak shall be thy hired, then bear all the cattle ring streak. Thus God hath taken away the cattle of your father and given them to me. And it came to pass at the time that the cattle conceived that I lifted up mine eyes and saw in a dream and behold the rams which leaped upon the cattle were ring streaked and speckled and grizzled. And the angel of God spake unto me in a dream saying, Jacob, and I said, here am I. And he said, lift up now thine eyes and see all the rams which leap upon the cattle are ring streaked, speckled and grizzled. For I have seen all that Laban doeth unto thee. I am the God of Bethel, where thou anointest the pillar, and where thou vowest a vow unto me. Now arise, get thee out from this land, and return unto the land of thy kindred. Now, I personally don't believe that this happened. I think Jacob made it up. Okay? I could be wrong. But here's the reason I think that he made this up is because in the chapter before, it tells us how those cattle all conceived a certain way. That you know Jacob did what he did. And I don't understand how all that works, but it definitely appears in the previous chapter that Jacob did something to manipulate how these, you know, animals conceived and did it to his benefit. And it fits with the character that we see of Jacob, doesn't it? He was very conniving. He was very deceptive. And so I believe he's telling this story to his wives here because he's got a problem because there's a conflict between him, their husband, and Laban, their father. So obviously, you know, one of the worst things that can happen in a, in a marriage is when there's a conflict between family like that. You know, when it's your you know husband versus your dad. I mean, girls are always going to love their dads. But girls should also, you know, love their husbands and be loyal to their husbands too. You know, that's, they should follow their husband over their dad, but, you know, they're not going to stop loving their dad, are they? So Jacob's in a weird position here because, you know, probably the relationship wasn't as good as it should have been with his wives because wives. And so here he, he needs his wives to go along with them. So what does he do? Hey, this was God that did all this for me. This wasn't me manipulating your father. You know, I had a dream. I had this vision. That's how I knew which ones I wanted to get. You know, God is doing this for me because of how bad, you know, Laban treated me. And, you know, when there's any conflict, let me just say this right now, and this, this goes across the board, you name it when it comes to any conflict, because two sinners are involved, again, you can always find fault on both sides. Therefore, you can find a way to justify and side with whoever you want to side with. Y'all understand? There's always a way to do it. There is always a way to spin things in your favor in any argument and any conflict. And I am amazed at people. I, I think one of the problems with the new IFB, we know so much Bible that the, we, we have this ability to just find any scripture, any story at the drop of a hat that we can spin in our favor to make it look like we're biblical. And he, yeah, great, you got a verse. But are you sure that really applies to this situation? Are you sure that's what the Holy Spirit wants you to do in this situation? But boy, we, should, we know how to recall those scriptures. I got a verse, you know, and we just do things however we want. It's kind of like I preached about a while back, how we're gracious in the flesh sometimes, you know, we're hardcore in the flesh. We don't know how to do these things in the spirit, but boy, we've got a verse. We've always got a verse to justify whatever we want to do. And we've always got a verse to condemn whoever we want to condemn. And so Jacob, he's kind of pulling some of these same stunts here, but he, you know, he doesn't have the Bible that he can go to, to, you know, give his wives a verse to show that, hey, you know, I got ripped off here. He didn't have eye for nine, a tooth for a tooth. He could show him yet. 
He didn't have anything like that. So what does he do? I had this vision from God. That's what he tells him because he's trying to get them on his side. So I don't personally think this, this ever happened. I think he's just trying to get his wives to side, side against their father. That's what I think. And so Laban had ripped off Jacob, but Jacob ripped him off too. This is a case of two crooks working together. And in most fallings out, both parties are usually wrong. So verse 14, And Rachel and Leah answered and said unto him, Is there yet any portion or inheritance for us in our father's house? Are we not counted of him strangers? For he hath sold us and hath quite devoured also our money. For all the riches which God hath taken from our father, that is ours and our children's. Now then, whatsoever God hath said unto thee, do. So now his wives are basically on board because, well, apparently... Dad doesn't have any riches anymore. You've got all of it. We're siding with you. You know, because he devoured all our money. He devoured everything he had. So they, they kind of went along with the guy that had the most money. You say, no, this is, you know, Leah and Rachel. You know, you know how many people have named their kids Leah and Rachel, you know, after them? I've always wanted to name one of our daughters Rachel, but my wife won't let me. I've always liked that name. But at the same time, they were pretty rotten too. See, Rachel stealing her dad's false gods. These were very base people that we're talking about here. This is not an example of righteous versus unrighteous. This is unrighteous versus unrighteous. That's what we have going on here. These are bad people. And so, it says, um, so, you know, Leah and Rachel, they also felt like they've been ripped off. And I said, this story is, is a great example of a typical conflict where everyone feels they are the ones being wronged. And you know what? They were all right. They'd all been wronged. Everybody had been wronging each other. But what they can't admit is that we're all bad. And we probably should just deal with some of this stuff. Verse 17, Then Jacob rose up and set his sons and his wives upon camels and carried away all his cattle and all his goods which he had gotten, the cattle of his getting which he had gotten in Padanaram, for to go to Isaac, his father, in the land of Canaan. And Laban went to shear his sheep. And Rachel had stolen the images that were her father's. And Jacob stole away unawares to Laban the Syrian, in that he told him not that he fled. So he fled with all that he had, and he rose up and passed over the river and set his face toward Mount Gilead. So if Jacob's really in the right here, then he shouldn't need to steal away. Why is it that he feels the need to steal away or to, to run and to hide what he's doing? You know, when you're in the right, you don't need to be sneaky. When you're in the right, you don't, there's no reason to deceive anybody. When you're in the right, it's very easy to just be very open and upfront about what you're doing. When you're right. But when you know you're doing something wrong, that's when we tend to get sneaky. Okay? When you walk, when mom and dad walks into the kitchen and you say the name of your child, okay, they don't jump when they're not doing something bad. But when their hands in the cookie jar, they jump, don't they? You've all been, you've all seen that with your kids before. You weren't even yelling at them, but you said their name and they about jumped out of their skin because they were they, you walked in on them while they were doing something bad. But, you know, the wicked flee when no man pursue it. And that's in Proverbs. And so Jacob, here he is running away because he knows what he's doing is not above board. He knows his father-in-law is going to have a problem with it. So he's sneaking away. So, so, so Jacob knows he's guilty. Jacob is acting like a guilty man because he is guilty. Verse 22, and it was told Laban on the third day that Jacob was fled. 
And he took his brethren with him and pursued after him seven days journey. And they overtook him in Mount Gilead. And God came to Laban the Syrian in a dream by night and said unto him, Take heed that thou speak not to Jacob, either good or bad. And understand, Jacob belonged to God, and it was up to God to deal with Jacob, not Laban. Jacob was God's. He belonged to him. He is Jacob, who is going to become Israel. He is the seed of Abraham. He is one of God's chosen people, and it's up to God to deal with him, not Laban. And listen, when God's children do wrong, it's best to let God handle them. And that's another thing, too. You know, when it comes to, you know, maybe people that we, that we break fellowship with, we part ways with in the religious world, these people are saved. We better let God deal with them. Yeah, but you hear what they said about you? Hey, they're still God's children. They're not mine. I, and I'm just going to get out of the way. I'll get out of the way. I'll let God deal with them. I'm not going to, I'm not going to mess with God's children. Yeah, but they preach this really bad sermon and some, they're teaching some false doctrine. God can deal with them. God can take care of them just fine. If I have one thing I've learned over the last almost 40 years is that God deals with his own. And just stay out of, you know, it's best to stay out of these things and not try correcting everything everybody does. Let God deal with them. Verse 25. Then Laban overtook Jacob. Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the mount and Laban, uh, his brethren, uh, pitched in Mount Gilead. And Laban said to Jacob, What hast thou done that thou hast stolen away unawares to me and carried away my daughters as captives taken with the sword? Wherefore didst thou flee away secretly and steal away from me? And didst not tell me that I might have sent thee away with mirth and with songs, with tabret and with harp? And hast not suffered me to kiss my sons and my daughters? Thou hast done foolishly in so doing. It is in the power of my hand to do you hurt. But the God of your father spake unto me yesternight, saying, Take thou heed that thou speak not to Jacob, either good or bad. And what does that mean? Don't speak to him good or bad. Well, I personally believe what God's telling Laban here. I think God's acknowledging that Jacob has done you wrong. But you know what? Don't say anything bad to him. Do not threaten him. Do not do anything to him. But also, you don't have to necessarily bless him either. You know, you don't need to say good things to him because you don't need to support the wrong that he's doing. But you know what? God told Laban, don't you touch him. Don't you mess with him. And this is the same thing. This is another example of the blessing of God being on Jacob, even though he's sorry. Because this is exactly what happened. Remember when uh, with, e with Pharaoh in Egypt, when Abraham and Sarah were there? We see the same thing with Abimelech, with Abraham and Sarah, with Isaac and Rebekah. You do not mess with God's people, even though Abraham and Sarah lied, even though Isaac and Rebekah lied, even though Jacob and his wives have basically stolen from Laban and ripped them off. They did all these bad things. They are God's people. They have the blessing of God on them. And you know what God told Laban? Don't you mess with them. And I'm, t I'm telling you right now, this is just more proof that you know, being you know one of God's people has nothing to do with works, it has everything to do with faith, and you just don't mess with God's people. You don't do it. We believe that as saved people, that we are God's people. That's what we believe. So why would we go and ever try to hurt saved people? Yeah, that's dangerous business right there. 
Now, I'm not going to say I've never been guilty of doing that before. But I'm going to tell you, what, though, I'll tell you right now, it is something I am very careful about. And I am, I am trying even more, just things I've seen in the last years, too. I'm just becoming even more careful about who I go after and who I attack. I mean, it's got to be really clear that there are some unsafe false prophet before I'm going to go taking away their salvation, before I'm going to go cursing them and saying all these terrible things because I don't want to mess with God's people. I, I, I take this stuff that we see in the Bible too literal, and I've seen it just played out in life too many times. Just don't do it. If there's Listen, if there's even a, a possibility these people might be saved, you best treat them up right. You better leave them alone. God sees that stuff, and you think, well, you know, but they're wrong. Well, if they're God's children, he will deal with them. Yeah, but what if they're not saved and I never called them out? You think God's going to get mad? You know, I, I think he'll be okay with it. If you just weren't sure, okay, it's one thing if you were sure and you were just being a coward, you know, you were trying to be popular or whatever, but, you know, most of the time it's just better to err on the side of caution. To say, you know, I wasn't 100% sure. I'm just going to leave this guy alone. That, that's the attitude that we ought to have. And so, Laban here, you know, he's, you know, God told him, he said, he's telling him, God told me not to speak to you good or bad. And so he's kind of getting on to Jacob here, but he's not speaking bad to him. He's basically just trying to get answers. You know, he deserved answers to these questions. And he's like, why didn't you allow me to kiss my sons and daughters goodbye? I mean, why would he not want to get a chance to say goodbye to his daughters and all of his grandchildren that he loved? You know, and he's like, you know, it was just, I mean, this was, he didn't even give Laban a chance to be gracious. You know, that, and sometimes, you know, even when you know you're wrong, you never, you may be surprised at how gracious some people are. But you gotta give them a chance. You know, but if you just throw them in the trash right away and treat them like garbage, you know, you're gonna be disappointed, you're just gonna hurt them even more. And so Laban's hurt. But Laban knows I can't touch him. You know, I can't curse him or anything like that, but I, I do want answers. And so he says, in verse 30, And now, though thou wouldst needs be gone, because thou sore longest after thy father's house, yet wherefore hast thou stolen my gods? And Jacob answered and said to Laban, Because I was afraid, <clears throat> for I said, Peradventure thou wouldst take by force thy daughters from me. With whomsoever thou findest thy gods, let them not live. Before our brethren discern thou what is thine with me, and take it to thee. For Jacob knew not that Rachel had stolen them. So, notice how, uh, you know, he... Laban just kind of like, hey, I understand why you'd want to go back to your father's house. I would understand why you'd want to long after your father's house. It's been 20 years since he's seen his father and his mother. Uh, of course he's going to want to go back. You know, Laban understands that kind of thing. But then he goes on, you know, it's one thing. You know, I see why you had some issues with me. But what are you doing stealing my gods? And, of course, Jacob's like, I haven't, you know, done that. Because he did not know what his wife had done. But, you know... And he does, and they and they never find out. You know, Jacob doesn't find out. Laban doesn't find out. We know what's going to happen there. But, you know, both of these guys shouldn't have been surprised that Rachel was also dishonest, too, because she was basically acting like her father and her husband. I mean, that's all there is to it. Again, everybody's bad here. Everybody's doing wrong in this situation. This is not a wonderful story that we're seeing right here. This is an example of just bad people just in a mess. This is a dysfunctional family. It's what we see going on here. Jacob needs, you know, Jacob needs help. 
know, I, and I think I think we see changes in Jacob in the next chapter when he meets with, when he meets with God and he has his wrestling match. We'll talk about that next week. It says in verse thirty three, and Laban went into Jacob's tent and into Leah's tent and into the two maidservants' tents, but he found them not. Then went he out of Leah's tent and entered into Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the images and put them in the camel's furniture and sat upon them. And Laban searched all the tent, but found them not. And she said to her father, Let it not displease my lord that I cannot rise up before thee, for the custom of women is upon me. And he searched, but found not the images. Now, I want you to notice what Jacob does here. This is so classic teenager. You know, Teenagers do this all the time. But, you know, adults do it too. Okay, And this type of thing irritates the snot out of me. And this is... This is typical behavior, you know, when there's a, when you have a conflict where both people are wrong. Okay, you're you're going to see this type of thing. Watch what he does here. In verse, so in verse 36, and Jacob was wroth and chode with Laban. And Jacob answered and said to Laban, What is my trespass? What is my sin that thou hast so hotly pursued after me? Well, maybe basically stealing all of his cattle, maybe going and running off with Laban's daughters and all his grandkids without even saying goodbye. You know, maybe that's part of it. it says, uh, you know, where hast thou searched all my stuff? What hast thou found of all thy household stuff? Sitting here before my brethren and thy brethren that they may judge betwixt us both. Why didn't he say that before? After... After Laban searches and doesn't find anything, he's talking big now. Hey, bring it out. Lay it out here for us. Notice how he's acting right here. See, this is what what people do. This is what teenagers do. You can accuse them of 20 things, and, and they're guilty of 19 of those things. But if one of those accusations are partially false, they will zero in on that one thing, won't they? I didn't do it. Is that not what people do all the time? You accuse somebody of something, and they do. They spend all their time on that one thing. Man, this guy is a liar. You know, some preacher gets up and says something. About, you know, he's, he preaches this and this and this, and you know, and everything's right except for one thing. And then I'm going to make a video exposing him as a liar because he had that one thing wrong. And you know, they shouldn't have got that one thing wrong. But the reality is, those other 19 things that you were guilty of were pretty big deals. So you're still a scumbag. And yeah, he's wrong too for getting that one thing wrong. But is that not how teenagers act? You know, and, and you could you could just go with a whole list of things that they you know did. And one thing they didn't do, and they focused on that. And Jacob basically starts running his mouth just about this one thing. Now listen to what he says after that. This twenty years have I been with thee, thy ewes and thy she-goats have not cast their young, and the rams of thy flock have I not eaten. That which was torn of beast I brought not unto thee. I bear the loss of it. Of my hand didst thou require it, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. Thus I was in the day of the drought consumed me, and the frost by night, and my sleep departed from mine eyes. Thus have I been twenty years in thy house. I served thee fourteen years for thy two daughters, and six years for thy cattle, and thou hast changed my wages ten times." So now, here's the other thing, too. I'm not convinced that Laban changed his wages ten times. 
I, I only see where he did it once. Now, there could have been other stuff that the Bible doesn't record, but we definitely see where he definitely did that when it came to Leah. You know, so that was definitely wrong. Whether there were other examples, the, the Bible doesn't record. It, it may have, it may not have been. However, based on the behavior of Jacob throughout this whole story, based on just human behavior, what I think is happening here is now that Jacob has kind of proved Laban to be a liar, even though Laban wasn't wrong, was he? Okay, Rachel did steal his idols. Okay, but you know he got fooled. All right, so it, so for sake of argument, Laban's now the liar, right? Laban's now the liar, even though all the other twenty things he's accusing Jacob of, he's guilty, and he was guilty of the twentieth, but he couldn't prove it. So Jacob zeroing in on that, he's making a big deal about this one thing that he got wrong. Just keeps running, keeps running his mouth about it. And so now, because Laban was proven to be a liar in this one area, now Jacob is free to lie and exaggerate about Laban. And isn't that the way it usually goes too? Once we prove somebody's bad, we can now say whatever we want to about it. We can make railing accusations. Yes, and even though we're not even supposed to do, you know, do that to the devil. We don't, we should be making railing accusations, but that's exactly what happens. And I'm going to tell you right now, that happens in the new IFB all the time. All the time. Somebody gets something wrong, they get condemned, they get called out, and then the peanut gallery comes along. And starts throwing the word reprobate around, unsaved, heretic, devil, all that kind of stuff. Just starts making railing accusations, and it's okay. Somebody does one thing wrong, they get out of line, they misbehave, they say something that they shouldn't. Now it's just open season on them. Anything goes, you can say whatever you want. And listen, I've already left one Facebook group because of junk like that. I'm still in this WhatsApp group. That It's a new IFB, What's, I need to leave that thing. It's just a bunch of railers. In there all the time, just always looking for somebody to chew up and spit out, only so they can pick it up and chew it up and spit them out again. Just over and over again, this is wicked garbage. And yeah, they did something wrong. Yeah, they shouldn't have said that. Yeah, they were wrong in that area. Okay? But now we just get to go to these extremes. Why can't we just say, that was wrong? I disagree with that. You know, that's what we do when people are in the club. Well, you know, we disagree with that. We're allowed to disagree on these things. When they get kicked out of the club, now we get to rail on them. Now we can say whatever we want. That is childish. That is wicked. And that's basically what Jacob's doing right here. Said, And what's funny about this, in this case, Laban wasn't wrong. But Laban thinks he's wrong. And so Jacob kind of gets away with it. I mean, he's there talking big, pounding his chest. Hey, lay the stuff up. Bring it before everybody. You know, since they succeeded in fooling him, hey, we'll kill whoever has him. He's talking real tough right here, isn't he? And then he does. And then he does. Since he stumps him in this one area, now I'm just going to go hammering you, Laban. I'm going to go exaggerating on you. I'm going to make railing accusations on you. And what's he going to do? This is this is childish stuff. This is just human nature. And like I said before. The people in Genesis, they were very, they were very base people. They were still saved. But you know what? And as Christians today, 
We can be saved and be very base people. But you know what? I believe God expects a lot more from us than he did from people back then. We've got all the scriptures. We've got the church. We have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. We have so much that they don't have. And when we still have the kind of behavior that they did back then, that's pretty pathetic. That's pretty sorry Christianity right there. And I I find it rather revolting and disgusting. But look at what it says in verse 42. So except the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the the fear of Isaac had been with me, surely thou hadst sent me away now empty. God has seen mine affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked thee yesternight. So now Jacob, he's getting pretty pompous here and thinking, man, you know, God's for me here, but he's thinking it's because of his righteousness. But it's not. It was, it was because really of Abraham. That was why. It's had nothing to do with Jacob and his good works. He didn't have them. Okay? And understand the favor that we have with God today. It is not because of our works. It's because of Jesus Christ. That is why we have favor with God, because when he looks at us, he sees the blood of Christ, and so we have favor with God. It is not because of our righteousness. And we should never get up and go pounding our chest, well, the reason we're so blessed to God, the reason we're so protected of God is just because of our righteousness. No, that's not the case. That is not the case. It's because of Jesus' righteousness. So, you know, the reality of this situation was not that God was just for Jacob, but God was for his grandfather, for Abraham. And in a similar way, it's not so much that God is for us, but it's because of who is inside of us. That's what makes us special and what makes us important. So we better not get too lifted up with pride, especially when things are going our way. Verse 43, And Laban answered and said unto Jacob, These daughters are my daughters, and these children are my children, and these cattle are my cattle. And all that thou seest is mine, and what can I do this day unto these my daughters, or unto their children which they have born? Now therefore come now, let us make a covenant, I and thou, and let it be for witness between me and thee. And Jacob took a stone and set it up for a pillar. And Jacob said unto his brethren, Gather stones. And they took stones and made it heap, and they did eat there upon the heap. And Laban called it Jagar Shadutham. But Jacob called it Galed. And Laban said, This heap is a witness between me and thee this day, therefore was the name of it called Galid, and Mizpah, for he said, The Lord watch between me and thee when we are absent one from another. If thou shalt afflict my daughters, or if thou shalt take other wives besides my daughters, no man is with us. See, God is witness betwixt me and thee. And Laban said to Jacob, Behold this heap, and behold this pillar which I have cast betwixt me and thee. This heap be witness, and this pillar be witness, that I will not pass over this heap to thee, and that thou shalt not pass over this heap and this pillar unto me for harm. And so notice what they did here. I think it's interesting. They make this heap of stones. And chances are the location of this heap of stones was in a place that they would have to go through if they were going to ever go visit each other. And they wanted that heap of stones to be there as a reminder of an agreement that they made that they will never cross that area to harm the other one. They're kind of making an agreement. It's like... They both realized, you know, I don't know if Jacob realized it so much, but I think Laban at least figured out that, you know what? God's with you. I can't do anything to you. You deserve it, but I can't do anything to you. You know, you probably have the power to do something to me, but you shouldn't. You know, let's make an agreement here to just not hurt each other, not go after each other anymore. So they set that up. So because another thing, too, remember when 
think it was with Isaac and Abimelech. Remember how when they parted ways, they kind of sent them away in a bad way. The Philistines did. And so they later ended up coming and making that agreement with Isaac. It was like they were afraid he was going to sit over there. He was going to grow. He was going to stew. He was going to be bitter. And eventually he was going to come back and he was going to defeat him. And I think that's probably the same thing that Laban's thinking too. And maybe they're thinking with each other. There were so much hard feelings between the two of them. They were worried that one day they might, the other one might decide to turn around and attack him. So they kind of made an agreement. Hey, you know, unless you do this, unless you afflict my daughters, I promise I'll never come after you. And I think that's a good promise too. You know, I think dads, you ought to leave your son-in-laws alone. If they ever hurt your daughters, you know what? All bets are off. You know, then, then, you're, then you're coming for them. But anyway, it's another subject for another day. But I believe there were clearly hard feelings between them both, but they made an agreement to just put it past them and move on. And sometimes that's what people need to do. Sometimes, you know, you know, when it comes to disputes and problems, you know, there's some things you just, you've got to fix them up, okay? Husbands and wives, when you have a dispute, it's not time to part ways, okay? It's still death that you part. You're going to have to figure out how to fix that, you know? When you got like family relationships and things, you know, do whatever you can do to put those things back together and just to heal those things. But, you know, there's other relationships too, you know, maybe when it comes to church people, there's just, there's no fixing it. You know, there's... There's people that have been done very wrong in their church, and it's just like, I don't know if I can ever get over that, you know. And I've got a sermon coming on Sunday that will hopefully be, you know, help for people in, in that situation. But sometimes you just might need to part ways. But, again, don't be that Looney Tunes that, you know, when you do part ways, you're just constantly, you know. If, if, you get, if, if any of you ever get mad and leave this church, you know, I hope we don't see you commenting on our videos you know, every week, just trashing us. So, you know, if, you got, if you're going to trash us, you know, now's the opportunity while you're here in the flesh. But if you do it afterwards, that's pretty cowardly. That's pretty lame. And if when you leave this church all of a sudden, too, you're just commenting on every hater's video that's out there, okay, you're just weird. Okay, and, you know, and you see these people, they leave these churches, and then they get obsessed, and they're like on every hater's video, just leaving all these long comments and things. It's like they're just cheering. It's like, you know, they know better than to try to do the damage themselves. So they just go and cheer on the enemies. Okay, you know what? It's time for you to get a life and it's time for you to move on. Just move on. And then they act like they're the cult survivors. It's like, oh, oh really? You're a cult survivor. That cult that you mean can't get rid of you? They're, they're the cult. Usually you can't get away from the cults. But today, the Colts can't get rid of these people. Some, you know, I think they got some things backwards. It, you know, don't be that way. And sometimes, you know, you do. You just, it's like, you know what? This, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. I can't go to this church. You know, I, I, I need to move on. But you know what? Let's at least not be enemies. And you know what I've told people before, too, when they left our church, and even if it, when it was for bad reasons, I always tell them, as long as you're not out there just bashing our church and lying about us, I'll leave you alone. And I and that's what I've done. I don't bother if, if people want to leave our church, that would that would be very cultish if all of a sudden, you know, they're getting attacked and I'm putting you all in a campaign to write nasty letters to them and send mean texts to them. So we should not do that. That is weird. And sometimes, you know, there you know, people do, they go their separate ways for whatever reason. 
And when that happens, you know, we ought to be civilized enough. I mean, even these guys were able to do it. Just come to agreement. It's like, you know what? It's time to part ways. But you know what? Let's make an agreement to just, you know, we can't undo anything we've done before. I don't really think there's anything fixing it. But you know what? Let's just go our separate ways. And that's exactly what they did. And we don't ever see any conflict between these two again. That's good. So it says in verse 53, the God of Abraham, the God of Nahor, the God of their father, judge betwixt us, and Jacob swear by the fear of his father Isaac. Then Jacob offered sacrifice upon the mount and called his brethren to eat bread. And they did eat bread and tarry it all night in the mount. And early in the morning, Laban rose up and kissed his sons and his daughters and blessed them. And Laban departed and returned unto his place. So it was definitely God's will for Jacob to move on from Laban and to go on his own way. But Jacob ended up doing it the hard way because of how deceptive he was. And it was clear that it was always God's will for Jacob to be the one that God was going to establish his covenant with. God had a land that he wanted him to possess. But Jacob's lack of faith often led to him doing dishonest, things in dishonest ways, which would get him in trouble with people later. For example, we know it's God's will that Jacob get the blessing. But, you know, he it was pretty dirty the way he got it, wasn't it? And so because of that, Jacob's always having conflict. So we see Jacob here, he's got to, like, basically escape. He's got to steal away in the night. And then when he's on his journey, all of a sudden he realizes, too, you know what? Now i got to face off with Esau. It's like this guy can't go anywhere. You know, if he goes backwards, he's got Laban he's got to face off with. But if he goes forward, he got Esau. And you know what? There shouldn't be any people out there that we are afraid to come in contact with. Okay, yeah, we all got those people we try to run and hide from just because they're annoying and stuff like that. But, you know, when you see them out in public. But, you know, there shouldn't be anybody that we're afraid of. I ought to be able to go anywhere and see anybody and not fear anything. But a lot of people can't do that. You know why? Because there's too much junk that's happened between them. There's, there's too much stuff that they know they need to make right and they don't want to make it right. You know, that's not, that's not good. That's not the way things should be. And, uh, I, and, but when you go and you build up all these transgressions against people and you never deal with it, that's going to be your life. You're going to live a life of fear. You're always going to be looking over your shoulder and watching out for people. That is no way to live. It's just best to just be honest and let God handle things. And that's something that took Jacob a long time to figure out. He was always trying to figure out how to get it done himself. Kind of like Abraham. When it came to having a son, Abraham, instead of just letting God do it how he wanted to do it, Abraham's like, you know what, we can, we can make this happen ourselves. And it wasn't God's will. It wasn't right. Jacob's doing the same thing here, and we often do that same thing. Not the way it needs to be done. A lot of times there's things that needs to happen, but you know what? Especially when it comes to God's people, but let God deal with it. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. We thank you for your word. Dear God, I just pray you'll help this message. Uh, to. Uh, I pray we'll all apply these things in our life. I pray you'll help us to learn to just let go with some people and just uh, not be making enemies with everybody and building up transgressions. I pray you'll just help us whenever we're wrong to admit it and to just get these things right as soon as we can so we can fix as many uh, relationships as possible. And just pray you'll help us to learn from these principles of your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's go.